Welcome to the Autism and Neurodiversity Podcast. We're here to bring you helpful information from leading experts and give you effective tools and support. I'm Jason Grigla, a licensed counselor and founder of Techie for Life, a specialized mentoring program for neurodiverse young adults. And I'm Debbie Grigla, a certified life coach. And maybe most importantly, we're also parents to our own atypical young adults. Friends, hello. I'm glad you're here. This is part two of Three Ways to Parent with Confidence. On my last solo episode, we talked about one of the important ways to be able to parent with confidence, and that is to do what I call a check-in. And this is simply to pause and ask yourself, what am I feeling? And notice what emotion you're experiencing. So what does this have to do with parenting with confidence? If you remember, the, according to Google, confidence is a belief in oneself. That one has the ability to meet life's challenges and to succeed, and the willingness to act accordingly. It's a belief in yourself. And so for parenting, and parenting with confidence, it's a belief in your ability to successfully meet parenting challenges and act from that belief. And what often happens is our child exhibits a behavior, and we have thoughts about that behavior, And that leads us to feel things like fear, worry, or anger about our child's behavior. So then we parent from that fear, or from insecurity, or as a reaction to our our emotions of anger, resentment, or overwhelm. And I see for a lot of parents with neurodiverse kids, their brains then jump way into the future and even start worrying even more about what this behavior right now is going to mean for their kiddos down the road, just compounding all the negatives. And parenting from those types of negative emotions does not give us positive results. It just creates more negative emotions, more negative feelings. If we don't practice check-ins, pausing and noticing what we're feeling, it's really hard to interrupt the negative cycles of child misbehaves, We get angry, we parent with anger. And we think we're angry because of our child's behavior. But we can't control our child's behavior, and we feel powerless to do anything about it. But I want you to know that no matter what your child does or doesn't do, you can parent with confidence. You may not have the power to control your child, but you always have the power to show up how you want to show up as a parent, and that does change the results. And if you've ever tried to parent by teaching or giving consequences, having boundaries, trying to motivate your child, things like that, and you've experienced mixed results, I want to share with you today one of the big reasons that this may be happening. And this is one of the big things that that may be getting in your way. And if you address this, you can have a much more consistent, high-quality relationship with your neurodiverse loved one. And I'm talking about the kind of relationship that can have long-term effects that go way beyond what typical disciplining alone will do. I'm talking about the kind of connection where you're able to support your child 
and influence them to want to grow and progress. Where you avoid the miserable power struggles and you stop trying to make them do or not do things and then feel frustrated and anxious all the time when it's not working. The problem is that most parenting techniques that are being taught don't work consistently because they focus on the specific action to take and they do nothing to address the emotions driving that action. And this is really important to understand. Emotions change the results of our actions. The same action fueled by different emotions gives us different results. If I give my kid a consequence and I do it from anger, I'm going to have one kind of interaction. But if I do that same action of taking away a privilege or giving a consequence and I do it from a place of love and compassion, it's going to feel very, very different. And you can't fake this. You can't be angry but pretend to be loving and compassionate. Because humans, we as humans are amazing at sensing other people's emotions and our emotions affect our actions even in very subtle ways, but they affect our actions. Have you ever asked someone, hey, what's wrong? And they say, oh, nothing, I'm fine. But you know they're not fine. You can sense it. Even though they're saying they're fine, you know there's something there that's saying that they're not fine. Neurodiverse kids who struggle socially and emotionally, some, sometimes they're very good at picking up on emotions. Other times, or, or different kids are just totally oblivious and they struggle to read emotions. But it seems like they all have the ability to pick up on negative emotions. And I think that's because they register negative emotions as danger, not safe. Oftentimes they're highly sensitive to this. And when they feel like they're in danger, their brains just very quickly kick into that fight, flight, freeze response that I'm in danger, I'm going to die, protective, defensive kind of mode. And the brain, that illogical part of the brain that's just like goes into that protective part, it just is not our logical, calm brain. Like this is not the state of mind that, that you receive being taught well or advice. You're just in that I'm in danger kind of panic space. I can remember times when my oldest boys were younger that I like I would be having a bad day and then and I'm struggling, I'm stressed about stuff. And then my boys, when I really needed them to be better behaved, they would pick up on that stress and they would just 10x it. Like they would just their behaviors would start to be worse than ever. And it was like they were just following my lead and picking up on it and then like 10xing it. So everything would just feel more stressful. And I have found from my own personal experience that it is not very effective to parent from negative emotions. And this is because our kids feel unsafe. And I think the reason for this, and this is what studies are showing. I just was looking at one recently. Studies show that our brains weigh negative things as more important than positive, which is likely due to a survival mechanism. If there's danger, you could die. If there's a tiger that's going to jump out at you, the brain is going to weigh that as more the most important thing to be paying attention to because if you don't, you're going to die. So different studies give you different numbers. The most recent one I looked at said it's like a five to one ratio 
Like you actually need five positive experiences to balance out the weight of one negative experience. So our kids, and I think especially our neurodiverse kids, they really pick up on any negative emotions, even if you think you're hiding it. They're picking up on that. And those negative emotions that we bring to that parenting interaction taint it and factor into it and create more negative. So if we don't want to be parenting our kids from negative emotions, then we want to develop emotional awareness. And we can do that by using tools like the check-in that I suggest. And then once we have some of that awareness, then we want to do something with that emotion. So the second way to parent with confidence that I want to talk to you about today is to feel, to process your emotions. We first want to practice being aware of our emotions. And if you haven't listened to episode 13, go back and listen to that one. And then we want to pause. Okay, so we are aware of our emotions. We pause and notice what we're feeling. And then we want to process that emotion. We want to feel that emotion. And it's important to realize that emotions fuel every action we take or action we don't take. Emotions fuel our actions and our inaction. Emotions are always behind why we humans do or don't do things. We're always either trying to feel something or we're trying to avoid feeling something. Emotions are behind things like every purchase we make, why we purchase it, what we think it's, we're going to feel like when we purchase it. Emotions are behind how little or how much or what kind of food we eat and fuel our bodies with. Emotions are behind what we watch on TV or on Netflix or don't watch. They're behind what kind of work we do or don't do or why we procrastinate or not. Emotions give us important information. It's not always rational or factual, but it is information about what we're thinking and what we're experiencing. When we ignore or try to avoid our uncomfortable emotions, those chemicals and hormones are building up inside our bodies and our brain keeps sending the signal, hey, listen to this, this is important. And let me give you an example of this. So let's say you're feeling really anxious and stressed and you go eat a cookie. And maybe that cookie turns into a whole plate of cookies. The pleasure of the cookies distracts you from some of those uncomfortable emotions that you're experiencing. But then as soon as you're done eating those cookies, what happens? Those negative emotions are still waiting there to be felt. And now you have a sick stomach and you're going to put on 10 pounds, but that's a whole other topic. But this is why it's so important to process our emotions before we go into parenting interactions or teaching moments. We don't want to carry those negative emotions into our interactions and taint them and muddy things up and confuse things. And negative emotions in our parenting interactions do not help us get positive results. And as much as we want to, you can't pretend those negative emotions away. You can't pretend to be calm when you're really angry. That anger is going to show up, even if it's in just subtle ways or the movements of our face or the 
expressions or the volume of our our voice. And your kids are going to sense it. They will not feel safe. Their danger alarm is going to go blasting off. So what do you do? When you become aware of your negative emotions, you want to be willing to feel them. Allow them to be there. Instead of trying to resist them or avoid them, And to do this, it really helps to get out of your head and kind of go into your body and really ask yourself, what does this emotion feel like in my body? Where do you feel it the most? Like, where's it most concentrated? Try to find it in your body and kind of lean into it. What does it feel like? See if you can describe it and really breathe into it. So I have a a, kind of a silly example of this, but like just last night, I had had a very busy day doing a lot of work and then I got I grocery shopped and I got home and and was bringing in groceries and then I was putting kids to bed and then I came back to finish putting groceries away and I had a bag of cuties, you know, the little oranges um, sitting on the counter, a pretty good sized bag from Costco. And I went to grab it and take it to go pour them into our fruit basket. And as I pulled them off the counter to take them over, all of a sudden, just oranges are flying everywhere and rolling all over the floor. And like, I'm just looking like, what just happened? Like this bag just exploded oranges everywhere. And I literally like made a verbal like, ah, like what just happened? And then I looked and I realized that the bag someone in my family had cut the bag all the way down the side. So it was just an open bag of these little cuties. And then I'm like, ah, like verbally just, ah, the frustration. Like, why did they cut it open that much? Just leave them on the counter. They didn't put them away. You know, all these little thoughts that go through and just that feeling of frustration. And I actually, like my brain checked in, like I caught myself like, wow, I'm really frustrated over this. And just pausing in that and just feeling the frustration that welled up in me. And it just took like, you know, just a few seconds to feel that frustration and then just realize, okay, you know, of course they cut it that way. Like, of course they left it on the counter. And of course I didn't notice. And it's just oranges, right? So I just went and picked them all up, put them away. And I was fine. I was over it very quickly. And it was kind of funny because my husband later was like, what was that ug about? Like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, it was just you know, a little orange explosion down here, but it's all good. And they're all put away now. We're fine. But if I had not processed that and like acknowledged that I'm feeling frustrated and it's okay and it's fine and it's not that big a deal, like I kind of worked through that. I may have taken that frustration to the oranges and then maybe even started noticing more things that I'm frustrated about that my kids may have done or that my husband may have done. I don't actually know who, I never got to the bottom of who cut that open, but it doesn't really matter. But I may have taken that into my next interaction, say, even with my husband. Like, I may have just carried that frustration if I just stuffed it or, you know, didn't acknowledge it. But just being willing to process through it, I really was over it. It was not a big deal. Done. Fine. Move on. But until I could acknowledge that frustration, that would have stayed with me. And this is kind of like... um, I could see this playing out, for example, with like, say you have a kid playing video games and 
you realize that they haven't done their homework and they're on their video games and they know better. You've talked about them and and your brain just goes into all the like, they shouldn't be playing video games. They were supposed to finish their homework and we, and you get angry and upset about it. And then with that anger and upsetness, you, you go and approach your kid playing video games. You're like, you have to get out, you know, and you're just going to have a much more intense exchange about that from that place of anger. But if you were to say pause and like, oh, I'm really angry about this and just kind of acknowledge that and feel it and process through that, you're going to free yourself up to go into a parent interaction from however, whatever emotion you actually want to go into that with. But until you acknowledge that anger and frustration, it's going to be with you in it and that it's going to affect how that goes, right? If I come at my kid with anger because I was on the video games He's going to be like, ooh, danger, and either like get really defensive and, you know, say it's not my fault or I didn't know and, and not take responsibility for it, or might just like go into shame and shut down and, and feel hurt and disconnected. I mean, all kinds of things happen when we come at our kids with anger. And to be aware that sometimes it's not even the emotions we're experiencing about our kids' behavior. We might be having emotions over something else. Maybe we're angry at our spouse or a partner or even one of our other kids, right? And then we carry that into this interaction with this other child and it just muddies it, muddies the whole experience. So as you practice emotional maturity, doing that check-in and pausing, what am I feeling? And then actually processing through that emotion and feeling it, you'll be able to practice this and model it with your kids and help them process their own emotions. This skill does not usually come naturally to many of our neurodiverse kids and young adults. Many of them struggle to understand their own emotions, what they even are, and what to do with them. They struggle to manage their emotions. You can tell it's a challenge for them when they get really explosive and they, you know, they're, which means they're like resisting their emotions or they're really getting angry. Maybe they're acting avoidant or anxious, they're worried all the time, maybe they're depressed and overwhelmed. If they're experiencing a lot of that, that tells you that they're not processing through and they're they're kind of getting stuck in stuff. And it's because their brains develop differently in a disordered way from the majority of their typical brained peers. It's so worth it to break this down logically and continually teach and model this with our kids. It can look like, hey, you look like you're feeling really angry, just pointing that out and then giving them permission to feel it. Hey, it's okay to feel angry. Or you might say, hey, it looks like you're feeling the emotions of anger. When I feel angry, I feel it as a tightness in my chest and I want to clench my fists and my shoulders tighten up and I feel really hot in my face. It's okay to feel angry. And then you can talk about, but it's not okay to hit our brother when we're angry, but it's okay to feel anger. Do you see the difference? I think a lot of times we get angry at our kids for having emotions, but really those emotions are part of the human experience. And it is okay to have those emotions. Now, what we do with them is something different. And that's where we can teach that. It's okay to be angry. It's not okay to hit or to slam doors or break things. But it is okay to feel angry. We all get angry. 
And it's okay to feel that. What does it feel like? And to talk through that with them. When we can observe our child's emotions, we provide a safe space for them to be able to process those emotions with us. And when we do this, when we can provide that for our kids, we do an invaluable service for them. We're helping them develop a critical emotional skill that's going to serve them their whole lives. But our natural tendency is, is really is to get angry and upset by their negative emotions. And when we do that, it's like pouring fuel on a fire. It just 10Xs everything. If we're upset because they're upset, then we just added more upset. When we're angry that they're angry, we've just multiplied the anger in the house. So in episode 13, I talked about the first way to parent with confidence, and that's to do that check-in and to notice your emotions and practice emotional awareness. And today we talked about feeling and processing our emotions. And these are both so key. And just doing these two things alone can make a big difference to help us not carry emotional baggage into our parenting interactions because negative emotions lower the quality of our relationships and managing our emotions helps us confidently have high quality relationships with our kids. Next month in my solo episode, I'm going to talk to you about the third way to parent with confidence, which kind of brings us all together and will give you a strategy to be able to to truly tap into that confident part of you that can parent from a secure place with emotional stability and not from insecurity and fear and overwhelm and and all those negative emotions. And I just want to remind you to be sure to sign up for my email list if you would like to get the free three-part video course I created where I go more in-depth on all of this and give you more how-tos and just have some fun with it. So I hope you have an amazing week and do some checking in with yourself and notice the, the uh, positive as well as negative emotions that you're experiencing. I, I truly do hope you have an amazing week. You're doing a good job out there. Stay with it. Take care. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Autism and Neurodiversity with Jason and Debbie. If you want to learn more about our work, Come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-B-B-I-E.com. 